Good morning, everyone. Welcome. We're so glad you can join us this morning. Thanks for being here with us online. Now, before we get started, I just want to address the elephant in the room. <laughs> yes, it's elephant? true. Sarah changed her bangs. I did not change my bangs. I look the same. <laughs> okay. Some One of us does not look the same. Maybe I got a wild hair and in so doing shaved off all the hairs on my head and face. <laughs> yeah. So it's a little different. Um, I'm guessing the beard. Lovely. Well, thank you, spouse, who's required to be supportive. I'm not even saying that because I'm required to. Fair enough. I like his face. The beard will probably come back, but I wanted to learn to recognize myself again in a more natural state. So, at any rate, let's continue. That is not why we're here this morning. We're here to continue a series in the book of Ephesians. We are excited about today's passage. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 3 verses 14 through 21. So I just want to read that for us today. Paul writes, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derive its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. So Paul's prayer and his celebration has to do with the vast love of God. Mm -hmm. What's the most um, vast and ununderstandable thing that you can think of? One of the things that we were talking about this week is just the water cycle. The fact that 70-ish percent of the earth is covered by water. This last uh, week or a week ago, we were out camping with our kids and um, one of them asked me, so where does all this water come from? We're at the Ohanapakash River, which is quite a large river in, in terms of mountain uh, rivers and streams. And where does it all come from? And I'm like, well, it's, you know, melting snow up above, but it's not that direct. I mean, the snow mm -hmm. that has melted has seeped into the ground and it's coming out of mm -hmm. tiny little springs off the side of the water. And it all comes together to eventually create this river that continues to flow all year long, even once the snow is melted. I don't know, like it's so vast that I cannot wrap my head around how this all works and how it all perpetuates itself. And so here Paul begins to, or not begins to, he's been speaking about it, but he comes to this climactic moment where his prayer is that we would just catch a glimpse of, begin to grasp the vastness of God's love. You know, I've had that a similar experience sitting by the ocean and just watching the waves repeatedly, you know, crash onto the shore and trying to imagine how how big, yes. how how much water really 
is that. And so, yes, that's a great illustration for the vastness. The vastness of God's love. And, and so he begins the passage with, for this reason. Now, what is that reason that Paul's talking about here? Uh, last week, we were in the beginning of chapter 3 here in Ephesians, and that was all kind of a little tangent. Paul's like, yeah, so don't worry about the fact that I'm suffering because this is so good and beautiful, the plan of God uh, and the way it's been revealed. But as he says, for this reason, I think if we um, back up to like chapter two, where he's described both in individual lives, uh, in individual terms and in more um, uh, national terms, Jew, Gentile, all these other nations, um, he says, in Christ, so much has been accomplished. You have been brought together. You have been unified as the chosen people of God. And so now Paul's continuing that thought again. He's saying, so because you have been brought together, because you have received mm-hmm. salvation, because you have been unified into this one people, the people of God, he'll say the things he has to say today. Right. So we're going to break it down in verse 14. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. So Paul's saying, I'm kneeling before the Father. I'm coming to God in prayer. Um, and, and, and who is this God? It says, from whom every family in heaven on earth derive its name. The God of all families, whether all beings come from God, whether in heaven or on earth. I'm kneeling before the Father. You know, we we have two girls. We have two children. And however they grow up, wherever they go, however similar or different they are or become, they will always be our kiddos. They will always be our children. And Paul here starts off this prayer saying, "I'm, I'm praying to God from whom all families come from. Yeah, all have that common mm-hmm. source. Our our children will always trace their lineage back to us in the same way he's saying all of humanity can trace their lineage back to this God, this Father God who created. Okay, so he continues in verse 16, I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ might dwell in your hearts through faith. So Paul's prayer is that Christ, Jesus would dwell in our hearts, the believer's hearts, through faith. And I love the Trinitarian language Mm -hmm. in here. Often we think of the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. And yes, the Spirit dwells within us. Paul is speaking to the Father through the Spirit. Christ dwells within us. And what a concept to really like stop and think about this here Here's the creator God from whom everything, everyone came from. And Paul is saying, my prayer is that this creator God would dwell within you through faith. Yeah. Okay. And he clarifies, I think this is a really interesting phrase. He says, um, my prayer is that God will strengthen you with power through the spirit Mm -hmm. so that Christ can dwell in you. Uh, Like we are vessels incapable of even containing or that Christ could dwell within unless God strengthens us with power through Mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit. Like it will take an act of God for us to be able to receive the vastness of the gift that Mm -hmm. is Jesus dwelling within us. And what a, what a cool thought that the spirit working within us, transforming us 
enables us to be and do things that we cannot be and do yes. by ourselves. Yes. And so Paul, uh, in this prayer, he continues, he says, and I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. He says, I pray that you being rooted and established mm. in love. You know, I have a hard time growing plants. I'm not <laughs> I'm not very good at keeping plants alive, but I get this plant analogy. Like the roots are so important in a plant. The roots is where the nutrients come from. They, they come from the soil through the roots. The roots hold the plant in place, anchoring it to when there's storms, when there's a breeze, when, the, when there's crazy stuff happening around. The roots hold the plant steady. And it's through time, um, through time, these roots help create growth. And so Paul here is using this analogy and he's saying you being rooted and established in love. You know, if I had to pick something to be rooted in, to be established in, I want it to be the love of God. And this because Christ, the creator, God is dwelling within us through the spirit. We are rooted and established in love. And, and Paul's praying that having been rooted in um, love, that you would have power. He's praying for the Ephesians. I pray that you will have power. Our prayer for ourselves, for you, is that you would have power. But what is this power? It says the power to grasp, the power of knowledge, of understanding, of how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. The prayer that you would have power to understand, to fathom, how much Christ loves you. You know, I um, when we were up at this stream, at this river at Ohanapakash, um, we did some fly fishing, we did some swimming and some cliff jumping and all these different things in the water. I didn't do the cliff jumping. And the uh, fascinating thing about this water is it is so cold and shocking that you can't yeah. just walk into it. Now, you can jump into it, and then your body mm -hmm. goes into this fight-or-flight thing where you panic and rush to shore and get <laughs> out of the water. But to actually wade into the water, um, I find when I'm fly fishing or in a place like that, uh, the first time I step in, it is so cold, it's just painful on my feet, and I have to step back out. And a second time I go in, and I can stay a little longer, it's a little bit more bearable. By the third time, usually I begin to acclimate to the extent that I can stay in that ice-cold water. And Paul here is describing uh, this um, similar process as we wade into the presence of God, as we begin to grasp maybe the vastness mm -hmm. of the love of Christ. We can bear it or understand it to an extent, but his prayer for these followers of Jesus is that you would wade deeper in, that you can mm -hmm. further experience and understand and know the love of God. How wide and long and high and deep is this love of Christ. You know, I, and as I contemplate the love of God and knowing the love of God, it's, it struck me this week how often we're uncomfortable with this idea of God 
loving us. And, and sometimes we think of it almost in childish terms. Yeah, you know, for a kid, the kid needs to know that. But sometimes we're uncomfortable with that because the love of God is undeserved. Mm-hmm. It's unmerited. And we're much more comfortable earning something and deserving something. But when something is, is just lavished upon us, um, when we don't deserve it, when we haven't earned it, sometimes we're, we're, we're hesitant of that. Other times we, we think of the love of God and we compare it to imperfect love that we have experienced, um, maybe in, in our families or in our friendships and, and there's been hurts and things haven't gone perfectly. And so we think of it in terms of that and we're hesitant. We like, this love is risky. And uh, I think it's really important for us to understand that the love of Christ, the love of God, is so different from the love that we have experienced here on earth. And the love of Christ is so vast and so great that we need the Spirit's help to even understand it and to experience it, that our limited capacity for love um, and, and loving others, that doesn't dictate how much God loves and what the love of God looks like. That the love of God is completely separate. It's its own thing. Mm-hmm. And so he prays that we would have the power to begin to grasp the vastness of the love of Christ. And it's important to recognize here that it's not just intellectually grasping mm-hmm. it. He says that you, together with the Lord's holy people, would grasp, would come to understand the depth of God's love. There's something beautiful about the church, about people of faith, about living in community with other followers of Jesus. Something beautiful in that. In community, we come to know and understand the depth of God's love in ways we never could in isolation. And and we get to practice Mm -hmm. that love, receiving and giving God's love. Paul here in in the section that we read, um, he says the result of this, so I pray that you may grasp this love, that you may know this love, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And that's the result of knowing God's love, of experiencing Mm -hmm. God's love, that we are filled with God. God is love. And Paul here is using some temple language. You know, when Solomon built the temple, the Lord's presence and the Lord's glory descended upon the temple like this cloud and filled the temple. Mm -hmm. And Paul here is writing writing to believers and, and he's saying, as you come to know the love of Christ, as you come to experience and live into the love of Christ, God fills you and you are the temple of God. God's presence and God's love lives within you. Now, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. And Paul closes his prayer with that. A God who is able to do more than we could ask or imagine. I've got a pretty good imagination. <laughs> like I can dream up a lot of yeah. wacky, beautiful, and whatever else 
things in this world, but a God who is able to do immeasurably more Mm -hmm. than I can even imagine. This is the God that Paul is praying to for these Ephesians. This is the God that we are praying to. You know, Paul keeps coming back to in, in his letters to this idea of power. And uh, often he references the power that raised Christ from the dead, right? This power that has uh, that is that is more powerful than death itself. This is the God that Paul is praying to. This is the Paul that God. This is a God that Paul is asking. Mm-hmm. Um, enlighten us. Give us power to understand the depth of your love. And as Paul prays that the believers would would understand and experience the love of God, he can't help but going back to praise. And we've mm-hmm. seen this jubilant, this um, praise-filled language from Paul throughout Ephesians so far. And he says, glory be to God forever and ever. Glory be to God in the church and in Christ Jesus. He can't help but just praise God for for who he is and that everything that happens in the church, in these communities that were so separate before and have come together in Christ Jesus, Paul says all of this is for God's glory. Yes. And so we zoom out. This prayer, uh, a climactic moment in this letter that he's writing to the Ephesians and the churches surrounding. He says, may God out of his glorious riches strengthen you that you might come to know the depth of the love of Jesus Christ. And that you together as a people of God might have the power to understand just how much He loves you and that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. And he ends praising God. Thank you, God, that you are a God who can and who is accomplishing this. So as we look at this section of scripture today, Paul invites us invites you, invites us, all of us, to know this love of God, to know and experience this love of Christ. And I know in my journey, and I wonder if this is true in your journey as well, that sometimes it's hard for us to move from a head knowledge to a heart knowledge. I can I can believe and know with my mind that, yes, God loves me, God loves us, but to really experience that love, well, that's that's a little bit different. That's a different matter to live in to that. And mm. so I want to offer you a spiritual practice today. And it's one of many. It's not just the only way, but it's one spiritual practice. And it's called centering prayer. And centering prayer is simply sitting in silence in the presence of God, opening up ourselves to God's love and opening our love up to our love for God. And so it's here's here's what it looks like. I would recommend probably starting off with just five minutes. Just and it sounds like a short amount of time. It's actually if if you're not used to this, five minutes is is a great uh, starting point. But set the timer for five minutes and sit down in a comfortable position. I like to open up my hands just as a posture that, God, I I approach you with an open heart. I open up my hands and that helps me um, be in that that 
space of receiving. And um, the centering prayer is much more about posturing ourselves in such a way that we're surrendered to God than an, a task to be accomplished, than a prayer to be said. It's about a posture. And we come into the presence of God and we invite God to just help us experience his love. And so we sit and for me, an image that's been really helpful as I, as I learn to sit in silence in the presence of God is this image of God's love being this endless flowing river, like you were talking about, this water that just never runs out, this, the vastness. And, the, and this flowing river is God's love. And I'm just floating on God's love. I'm being held up by the river of God's love. And sometimes I can see where this river is taking me. And sometimes just around the bend is obscured and I can't see where, where God is taking me. But I trust that God's love will uphold me and that I can rest in God's love. And so I invite you, I invite us to take a few minutes this week, multiple times this week, to just sit in God's presence and to focus on our breathing and to ask the Spirit, to ask God to continue to teach us what it feels like, what it looks like to receive God's love and to rest in that love. Finally, out of the passage that uh, we read today, out of Paul's letter and prayer for the Ephesians, we recognize, uh, he says, I am kneeling before the Father, mm -hmm. praying that you would know more of the love of Jesus Christ. And so I want you to know in the week to come that we will be praying that prayer for you. That, that we are praying a prayer that you would come to more fully know the love of Jesus Christ. And if you're new to this Christianity thing, if you're just clicking on this, kind of exploring uh, who are these people, and, and well, we're followers of Jesus uh, that have come to, we've caught a glimpse of the love of Jesus Christ mm -hmm. and are and have recognized that we are invited then to reciprocate that in the world. And I want you to know that we are praying for you, that you might know a little bit more of the love of Jesus Christ. And for those of you that are followers of Jesus, encourage you in the week to come, pray this prayer with Paul for your friends, your family, your neighbors, for us, that we would come to more fully grasp Jesus Christ love. Spend time this week uh, praying through Ephesians 3 with us as we all are on this journey mm -hmm. to more fully come to know God and the love of Jesus Christ. On that note, we should definitely pray together. I invite you to join me. Oh God, we thank you. We thank you for this love that we are trying to understand, Lord, your, the vastness of your love. Lord, we thank you for your compassion and your mercy, the unconditional nature of your love for us. And God, we accept your love today. We lean into your love today and we ask that you would teach us more and more what that love looks like in our lives, Lord, to accept it and to live out of that love and Lord we just pray for everyone listening right now Lord that we might know your love more and more God we thank you in Jesus name amen amen well friends thank you again for joining us this morning know that you are loved we hope mm -hmm. that you experience come to know that more fully in the week to come
Blessings. Bye, everyone.